Hello, and welcome back to She Inspired, a podcast about sharing the stories of women who are following our inspiration in the hopes of inspiring and guiding other women to do the same. I'm Lorna Morin, and I believe too often we ignore our inner voice, the all-knowing guidance system within each of us who knows the divine purpose for which we are called in this life and who always wants what's best for us. As a result, we can end up in careers or relationships which are unaligned with who we really are and what we really want. This belief is born from my own experience, dismantling the life I spent 20 years creating because I realized the uneasiness I felt in life was the result of not living in alignment professionally, personally, and spiritually. For me, this meant walking away from a 15-year career in the public service to launch an online business and leaving an 18-year relationship to live as a single woman and co-parent to three lovely kids. I believe my intended purpose is to use my powers of connection to light the spark, to share the stories of women seeking and finding alignment in service to the awakening of all women. That is what She Inspired is all about. Linda Suleiman explains so beautifully the value of contrast, how knowing what we don't want helps bring into clearer focus that which we do. She gave herself the opportunity to really explore her first career choice from several different angles before arriving at the understanding that she was in fact meant to take all she learned from her roles as a designer, saleswoman, and business developer and apply them to creating and growing her own business as an Ayurvedic wellness counselor at Breathe Baba. In the Arabic language, Baba means father. And through our conversation, Linda illustrates how her father and their relationship shaped and inspired not just the name of her company, but also her approach to service delivery. Born in Kuwait as the youngest of seven children in a Palestinian family, Linda traveled to more countries in her childhood than I have so far in my entire life before she settled in Canada at the age of six or seven. Her mother was a natural healer who cared for their large family with homemade meals and natural remedies, something which Linda clearly remembers and is in awe of to this day, and whose influence on Linda and her chosen path is clear to me. At Breathe Baba, Linda provides her clients with a range of services aimed at improving overall health and wellness by leveraging natural processes and remedies to reconnect us to ourselves and to nature. Her emotion code program allows her to tap into the body without verbal conversation. By speaking directly to our bodies, she can tap into our subconscious minds and get at the root of illness more quickly. She describes this process in detail. It is mind blowing. To learn more about Linda and her work, visit her website, breathebaba.com and follow her on Instagram at breathebaba. I reached Linda at her home in Toronto. Hello, Linda. Welcome to She Inspired. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Lorna. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, um, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I have to say, uh, I've been like very, um, oh, I, taken with you, for lack of a better word, since <laughs> I found you on Instagram. Oh. Thanks for saying that. So that's so nice of you. And I think it goes uh, 
both ways. Um, oh, <laughs> no. thank you. I'm glad you feel the same. Yeah, I, I found you on Instagram. You have a beautiful feed and following at Breathe Baba. And I just really resonated with the energy, your energy. It really comes through quite clearly in your feed. And I'm excited uh, to talk more about uh, what you're doing in the wellness space. Um, but before we go there, uh, as you know, She Inspired is really about um, sharing women's stories of their journeys to here, to finding the work that they feel called to do. And I would actually love to go back to earlier in your story. I'd like to go back to childhood, if you don't mind, because you, I, I know a little bit about, um, mm -hmm. you know, your early life, but not very much. And I'm, I'm just frankly quite curious about it. So I know that you uh, were born in Kuwait and that you are of Palestinian origin, but I wondered if you could share a little bit more with us about um, what your childhood was like and what it was like um, growing up. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So where do I start? Okay. So <laughs> um, both my parents are Palestinian um, and they were born in Palestine, um, of course, with everything that's um, that was going on there and that still is going on there. Um, they, they had left uh, Palestine from there, they went to Kuwait, as as most of the Palestinians do. Um, and then when we went to Kuwait, um, uh, at the time, no one was born in Palestine. I'm one of like seven children. So I'm the youngest of seven children. And wow. um, my mom had us all in Kuwait. Um, and then from there, uh, a lot of our relatives and everybody that we knew went to Jordan and we ended up going to the States as, um, you know, as a big family, we went, we all went to the States and I believe that we lived at the time I was very young. So we lived in Texas and then New Jersey and it was quite interesting because we went, we drove from one state to the other in the in an old Oldsmobile fitting all nine of us in, in this old, and I don't, you know, that's not even legal right now, but, but I don't even know how that happens. I don't even know how we all fit in there with, you know, seven kids and our parents, but we went from one state to the other um, in that Oldsmobile. And we stayed there, I believe for a couple of months or a couple of, or I don't know, I think it was like a year max. And then from there we went to, Brazil and then from Brazil we went to Egypt and then we came to Canada so um it was oh quite an gosh. interesting yeah it was a quite an interesting um uh it was quite interesting growing up um you know coming from Middle Eastern descent and then kind of really immersing ourselves in the American culture and then all the other places that we lived in you know with all of that said we still had a very good grounding of our you know our culture and um everything that comes with it uh yeah yeah well, let me wow okay I, I let me ask you a little bit about that if I could because yeah sure so what I was thinking is so how do you you said you were very young do you recall how old you were when you left Kuwait um well I'm not too sure I think I must have been not even I, I must have been a year old I would okay. say. Okay. Yeah. And, and why, what, do, what's your understanding of why your family was moving so much in those early years? 
So um, from my understanding, it's good that you put it that way, because it is just from my understanding. You never really know. Right? Yeah. Um, um, so my my dad did importing and exporting. It's such a stereotypical kind of Middle Eastern thing to say about what my dad did. But um, that is what he did. And so he um, had to travel kind of all over the world um, doing what he did. Um, and as he traveled we would be traveling with him. And now there's times where he would travel um, and we would have our like home base in that one particular country that we were in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as we traveled around the world, basically um, I think from my understanding, I think my dad, um, I think he just really wanted to find the best place to kind of raise his seven kids, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more difficulty in certain other countries, especially, um, you know, some parts of the Middle East and, and all of that. And so I think he just really wanted to have the most opportunity for us, you know. Um, mm. And I don't know if that's because he, he may not have had that much opportunity growing up or whatever the case may have been. Um, I think he just really wanted to find the best place to live and at a certain moment there I think we were gonna stay in Brazil and then that just didn't um, work out for my parents and um, we moved from there to Egypt and then Canada and you know it it has a lot it's it's a lot to say for Canada right (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, for us all to live everywhere else and then you know we settled here because we've been living here since so yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. That's a, that's a lovely way to put it. I love that we were we were highly competitive amongst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a beautiful way to describe, um, you know, what your father's intention was and what his desire was for his family. I can absolutely relate to that. It's it's quite lovely. Yeah. Um, and you you have told me in our previous conversations that your mother was a natural healer. Can you talk to us more about? her and and her role as a healer yeah of course um she you know being raised in a in a Palestinian um home with that kind of culture she grew up um always cooking at home and making everything from scratch you know living off the land and Mm -hmm. and all of that and I think as we traveled everywhere, I think she kept strong to that, um, to her like Palestinian roots of the dishes that she would be making and the things that she was, um, the things that were passed down to her, she, she did for us, you know, after, Mm -hmm. for having seven kids for, for me to say that my mom cooked us breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day as we grew up. I don't know how she did it. She's just such a super mom for her to be able to do that. And, you know, growing up, to have that many kids, I'm sure there was times where, um, you know, there was times where we had the flu or we had some sort of ailment or sickness that was happening in the house. And I think um, we all grew up with such good immunity. And I, I really do thank my mom for it because um, she always just had these, um, these herbal remedies that she would, she would do for us, you know, when we would, would be sick, we would hate the taste of these things that she would be making. <laughs> but 
<laughs> little did we know that it really did build up our immunity and it helped us all along the way because I don't from my memory I don't um, think that we ever even took any antibiotics any aspirins or tylenols and all of that and I think um, you know it's it's such a testament to her and her natural ability did we ever talk about her being like a natural healer no we never really did but looking back on it and looking at it to this day um, I know that she um, you know kind of inspired me to kind of um, really take that on to know that the that remedies are all around us and um, we can stick to our you know natural roots of um, you know cooking from home and finding remedies around the house and in the refrigerator to help us out um, along our life path you know mm-hmm. yeah you you actually uh, answered I was thinking as I was listening to you that it sounds like your mother was um, obviously a strong influence on you, but I, w- I was thinking in my mind and, and you answered the question, like, did you, is it only, is it only now, or, or do, is it more looking back that you see the influence, her influence on where you ended up, the work you're doing now in the wellness space? Um, because, you know, it's not like you started your career in the type of work that mm-hmm. you're doing now. You, you started in a dramatically different place. Could, could you tell us, um, kind of fast forward a bit into when you're graduating from post-secondary and beginning your career, what type of work were you doing? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, um, to go back to what you said, my mom definitely did have some um, part in where I am right now, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but where I started was I went to school for design and architecture for um for a few years um, at Sheridan College in Oakville. Um, I did my um, schooling there and my education there. And then once I graduated, I did about seven years of interior design at architecture and design firms in Toronto. Um, And so I did that for about seven years. So it's quite a long time for me to do that. And um, And as I was doing my interior design um, at these architecture and design firms in Toronto, you know, I I really did have a passion for it at some point on some, on a lot of levels. Um, But then there came a point where I just wasn't really feeling it anymore. I feel like I was kind of going against the grain of my nature and my, my abilities um, to keep going in that field. So Mm. Um, at that point when I was kind of questioning it, I left design and I went into sales and business development. Um, and now my clients were still architects and designers. So I was still closely linked because my, my product that I was selling was geared towards architects and designers and design firms and architecture firms. And so, um, I did that for five years. And as I was doing that, um, that's when I really started getting into, um, you know, this whole alternative world. Um, and I really dove in at that point um, with alternative healthcare. While, while I was doing my sales job, I, I was kind of getting educated and certified and going back to school for, um, you know, Reiki, meditation, yoga, Ayurveda, um, body emotion code. Um, I, I kind of dabbled into all of those things at that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can't wait to talk in more depth about those things. Mm-hmm. And I, just before we do, I'm curious because can you share with us a little bit about 
the story or the narrative that's going on in your head when you're at that time in your life where you're realizing, I think, as you said, that like the, the design and the, the architecture work, and I guess eventually even the work in sales, like it starts to not feel, feel like your thing anymore. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. light you up anymore. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about kind of what that looked like and, and what that sounded like to you as you were going through it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure um, you can relate to a lot of the things I'm about to say. Um, uh, so yeah, the, you know, when I was in design, um, and working at these design firms, there were all such lovely firms, um, um, lovely places to work at, lovely environments to work um, with the people that I worked with. Um, I feel so grateful that I've had that experience. Um at the time, I think it was probably five years in, I was working at a design firm where I was working on um, condo buildings. I was sitting there designing and I li- I can literally remember the moment where I was just like, I don't think this is for me. I, I, I was working, mm. I was working a late night at the design firm and I was working on this, these condo designs. And I remember just kind of, um, stopping what I was doing well I think I was working on AutoCAD at the time and I was just like and I just looked around I looked at everybody I looked at my screen and it was literally a moment of just being very very present you know like when you're Mm. working you're constantly just doing and you're doing and you're doing and you're not really taking a kind of a step back yeah and I think at that moment that specific moment I kind of just stopped everything and it like there was a huge rush on what I was trying to get out the door um for deadlines but I just kind of took a step back and I just looked around and I was just like I like I didn't even know what I was saying but in my my own mind I was just like I don't want to do this anymore like I just Mm. I don't know how that came about I think it was just maybe a mixture of just being really in the moment and really feeling and really listening to my body rather than just doing and, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through the motions. I think for that one split second, I kind of um, really tuned in literally in the moment of panic of trying to get things done that I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And um, that's the first time that it happened after five years of being in that industry. Now, I said I had seven years in that industry. So I... I guess I don't know how you would want to explain. I don't know if I'm maybe I'm just not a like I, I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just like, I I just need to give this another try. I just need to give this another try. Maybe it's the maybe it's what I'm working on. Maybe I need to go to another firm and work on something else. And so mm-hmm. at that point, I went to two more firms after that that point of me realizing that I just don't want to do it anymore, being like, okay, maybe I'll just need to give it another try. And that didn't work out for me either. And I was just like, okay, I, I think I've solidified. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I gave it another two years after, after um, the five-year point of me realizing that this may not be for me. And um, I gave it another two years. And so from that point, I said to myself that the only way for me to really find and figure out, um, you know, what I think I'd be really truly happy and fulfilled with is just to explore and I knew that after that point I was going to be on a journey journey of just explore like exploring Mm -hmm. and um I didn't know I didn't really 
have a strategic plan of where I was going to go after or what I was going to do. I just took literally every opportunity that there was. So I, I, um, I went into sales at that point. Um, why sales? I'm not too sure. We dealt with a lot of sales reps at our design firms. So I figured it would be a good transition knowing that if I was a sales rep for architects and designers, you know, selling furniture, carpet, or whatever the case was, that I would still be closely linked and still not that far away from what I was doing. And I can, mm-hmm. you know, it could be transferable skills because, you know, um, if I'm selling this to the clients, I used to be the you know, I used to be a designer at some point. So I um, thought that it would be good. So then that's, that's when I did this, made the step to doing um, sales. And I went into a business um, where I did business development for them. And I was their sales rep. And um, I believe I was responsible bringing in $2 million to the company. And, and, you know, like, I, I, I think I did well. Um, It was a great company to work for a great boss to work for it. And, uh, you know, I just, kept on doing it until again until I was just like nope this is not for me and then I went into another sales job again the same kind of pattern it's interesting to see how we repeat our patterns right yes Yes. um yeah and so like I went into another sales job being like okay I I tried sales but let's just give this a real shot and maybe go somewhere else and see if if this really isn't for me and I did it and I absolutely loved it too so like through this whole time I I loved what I was doing um but there was still some sort of uh disconnect and I just couldn't put my finger on it and I remember going back to what I said to myself going um leaving design and saying you know I just need to explore and eventually I'm bound to find the thing that really um gets me fulfilled and happy and so as I did that sales job, I kept on exploring because I was just like, well, there's no there's no harm in me exploring while I'm still in the sales job and, you know, studying, doing the things after hours that I can do to get me even closer to what I really want to do. Right. Yeah. And so as I as, when I started sales, I, I first started as um, I first went into Reiki and um, I did Reiki for about two years with my instructor in Toronto, lovely human being um, that I learned from. And I know sometimes Reiki people, you know, learn it over a weekend. This kind of um, kind of went on for two years for me because I was, it's just such a deep um, and vast uh, knowledge of Reiki. And so I did that for two years. And as I was doing that, I also went into yoga and I got my yoga teacher instructing license here in Toronto. And I also did it in um, India. Wow. Um, Yeah. And as I was doing these things, I was still working full time in sales. Um, And then I I still wasn't fully, I was just like, I just want to know more. And I I went into Ayurveda um, and I, again, here in Toronto, I was learning Ayurveda. So like I would work from nine to five and then I would, go into a class setting for Ayurveda and again um, beautiful experience there and as I was doing all these things I was still working full-time and only up until I would say April till until like you know during pandemic area time frame um, I ended up actually getting laid off and 
um, I think that was the the thing that needed to happen for me, for me to kind of do my health and wellness whole time. Because mm-hmm. um, prior to me getting laid off, I actually opened up my Breathe Baba business um, where I was providing all these services of Reiki, meditation, yoga, Ayurveda. And I did it twice a week. I did clinical work. So I rented out um, clinic space one in Oakville and one in Toronto where I was just doing it twice a week while I was still in my sales job. And um, yeah. And so from there, I just, I just opened up my clinic and then I was doing that part-time. So then when I got laid off, I literally just kind of switched gears. I just turned around and said, okay, I guess this is what I really wanted. I wanted to do this full time. I knew that this was inevitable. And that was the kind of push that I needed to kind of get out and just really have trust in myself. So it sounds to me like the universe was setting you up perfectly to land where you are, which is a theme that I consistently hear with the women that I interview on She Inspired. And it's so interesting to me that our ability to see it that way or not is 100% based on our own perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. someone could listen to your story and be like, oh, you know, it was like, you know, you tried this and that quote didn't work. And then you tried this and that wasn't the thing, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. You could, th- that's one way that you could choose to hear your story or I could choose to hear it or hear my own story. Because as you said, I can relate. I have mm-hmm. definitely had the experience of trying, you know, testing out, working in different careers. Um, and and we can choose to view it as like, like, you know, quote unquote, false starts, or we can choose to look at it as like, wow, isn't this interesting that the universe is giving me the experiences I need so that I can get the skills, the knowledge, the contrast even, right? Mm -hmm. And by contrast, I mean like the things that we don't like, Mm -hmm. learn more about what we don't like so that it can lead me to where I am today or even to the next thing, right? Like I hear so much in your journey that has perfectly equipped you to be here as a business owner and wellness coach, right? In the Mm -hmm. the specialties that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you, I'm curious, how do you see your journey now when you're looking back on it? Right. Um, No, you're, you're a hundred percent, um, Right. You know, like when you said that the universe has set things up for me quite perfectly to be in the place that I'm in right now, you know, that hit a chord because it's true. It's so it's actually so true. And to put it that way, I, I haven't heard it put that put that way. So mm-hmm. um, thanks for that, because it, it, it makes me kind of um, light up when you when you said that I was like, yeah, yeah, Lorna's completely right. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what has happened. It um, is. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I appreciate that you said that because it, it's it's really it's really true. And, you know, looking back and looking at everything, I 100 percent do. Um, I have seen the connections there. Right. You know, mm-hmm. doing business development. Now I'm doing business development for my own business yeah. sales. I'm doing sales for my own business. My clients, um, you know, as a designer in and then going into sales, my clients were designers. And now my clients are the connections that I made as you know, the person that I was going out to being when I was in sales, I was making these relationships. And and a lot of my clients are these clients right now. Mm -hmm. So yes. So yeah, it set me up in on many, many areas to to have leads to understand how 
human behavior is and to, you know, like it, I can just keep on going, but yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it set me up very well. And I think, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Um, and yes. you're right. You can choose to look at it in so many different ways. And so why not look at it in a, in a positive way where, um, you're looking at it and you're, you know, you're capital, you're kind of capitalizing on, okay, well, this is what happened and this is where I am. Like what other connections can I see that can really help and support me where I am right now? Oh, I love that question. That is such yeah. a good question. And yeah. yes, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Like I really believe in trusting the timing in our lives and that mm-hmm. our journeys are perfect. And as you said, everything's happening for a reason. I think that it's really, um, challenging for us, at least speaking for those of us who've, you know, grown up in North America and have been raised in this culture mm-hmm. to, to acquire that kind of faith or develop it, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, faith-based and understanding, not just, you know, blind faith, mm-hmm. um, but it's challenging for us. Although I've, I've seen more and more of us in North America um, embracing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I wanted to go back to Linda, because it's a question I had as I was listening to you ex- describe your transition so beautifully one question that isn't uh, that I have it's not what's not clear to me is how where did the pull toward wellness start like when you started Mm. training in Reiki and yoga where did that come from for you you know you know people ask me this question all the time and I can't articulate that yet And when I do, I'll be able to answer this question better. But like, I think there's, um, there's so many layers to that one question that you asked me, because I think a lot of things had to do with me coming to this realization or this to have this pull with wellness. But like, I think it's like, it's just everything, of course, for me personally, Um, you know, everybody does things to, um, everybody has their own ways of how they get fulfilled in life. And for me, um, it really is just to support people, not necessarily help them, but support them, which in turn can help them. I I understand that portion, but I think I've always just wanted to kind of support and encourage people. And I think, um, in my previous jobs, I don't think I was getting that as much, or maybe it was just in the way that I was looking at them, you know, um, I think in this, in this, uh, field that I'm in right now, I think it really, um, provides that, um, for me and it, it, it allows me to kind of, um, anchor, you know, anchor that, um, where that pull comes from. I, I really don't know. Is it, is it my, 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 my mom's natural remedies that she did at home. Is it, is it, um, I I don't know. Is it the things that I read? Is it the courses that I went into? Is it, is it, you know, when I was younger, I would always work out and eat healthy. And, you know, I, I did 10 Ks and 15 Ks all the time and, and runs and, you know, fundraisers like that. I I don't know. I, I, Mm -hmm. I really don't know. And I think at some point in my life, I'll have, uh, a better articulated way of explaining how uh, what this pull was but right mm-hmm. now I don't know and I think it'll come at a certain point where um, when I do come to that point I'll be like oh that's what the pull was that's what the pull was all this time I but I don't know what it is to be yeah. honest well I I really appreciate your honesty and I love your 
like what I hear is your trust in the process, right? And you're like just yeah. your natural curiosity. You're like, I know it's coming. And, and I'm excited for the journey of finding it out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think so often um, we don't we don't uh, trust ourselves. And I and I and it's, I think it's very innocent. I, I don't think it's anything to do, not anything to do with us. I don't know if that's the right word to, way of saying it, but I think we get there's a lot of distractions in this like in this life that we all lead um, distractions externally but also distractions internally and um the more we cave into these distractions the further we get from our our inner us our inner flame and so i think the more that we can kind of just trust and um really feel in the moments um the more that we can kind of uh, be confident in not knowing and just going with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes any sense yes oh 100 it makes perfect sense to me and, um, and, and, and I think it's a, well, I'm excited for you because I, 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 I love that you're trusting and I absolutely have total faith, just like you, that the answers will be revealed to you. Mm-hmm. And what's exciting about it to me is that I've learned through my own experience and my own training in marketing that, you know, our stories are very powerful. They have a very, they have, a, they're very powerful not just for ourselves, but also as a tool to serve others. Mm -hmm. And they're also very powerful in terms of our businesses. And so uh, what I've noticed um, when I talk to female entrepreneurs is that many of us come to our chosen business based on our own, on like themes or, or through lines or sometimes pain points in our own lives, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's, that is what's contributed to, why we want to do what we're doing mm-hmm. and which I think is, is amazing because I think the best businesses are born of, um, you know, trying to create a solution to a problem or an experience or a question that we've had in our own lives, right? Like what, what a better way to produce, to create a business than from that direct experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think I'm really excited as, as this evolves for you, Uh, maybe we can have you back in the future as it starts to unravel and we can talk more about it. Cause I'm just like obsessed with story and the power of story. (laughs) Yeah. And you do so you do such a good job um, of uh, showing people stories. It's um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, now let's talk about um, your business. Sure. <laughs> and I, I want to start with the name. So I love the name of your business. And I'll <laughs> be honest, I don't, I, I don't totally understand where it comes from. So I was hoping <laughs> you could tell us how you arrived at Breathe Baba uh, yeah. for your name. Yeah, sure. Um, so how did I come up with it? Um, so when I was younger... Um, it's very closely linked to my dad. So in the Arabic language, Baba is father. Um, and I know also Baba in other languages is different things. I think it's grandmother in a different language. And it's, I don't know, it's different things in different languages. But in Arabic, Baba is is father. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, when in the language of, in, in the Arabic language, when um, my dad would say stuff to me, or if my mom would say stuff to me, they would always say, um, let's just say, it, here's an example, Linda, go get me the scissors. He'll be, he'll say, Linda, go get me the scissors, Baba. He'll always say Baba at the end. And it's, 
it's really hard to explain because it's almost like an, a term of endearment. Mm, okay. Although it does mean father, it's also an, an, a term of endearment when they say Baba at the end of their sentence, right? Okay. Um, so it's kind of hard to explain, right? Unless you, unless you really do know, understand Arabic, right? But I think, I think, I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Um, and yeah. so when my, when I would go to bed at night, my dad, although from the outside of things, he did, you know, how sometimes some people look very spiritual or very meditative and very, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I'm being stereotypical by saying that, but like, Sometimes when you look at somebody, you're just like, oh, they, it seems like they have a very good, um, you know, um, meditation practice or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. when you, yeah, when you look at my dad, you're just like, oh, yeah, he's just a very, he's a, he's a businessman. He, you know, he's going about life, but you, you would never think that he, um, he had this like spiritual, spiritualness about him. And, you know, now looking back, I'm just like, wow, he had such an impact on me because mm. um, when I would go to bed at night, if I would have like nightmares or if I was stressing out about anything or any time where um, things would come up for me um, in regards to like anxiety or anything like that, he would always come up to me and say, breathe, just breathe, Baba. Mm. And so, yeah. And so um gets me emotional every time I talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so so that's where the name comes from. It's it's <sighs> him saying breathe. And when you really think about it in this whole realm and just in life in general, like that's the one thing that we all as humans do. You know, mm-hmm. animals, any like anything does. We the breath is such a um important um aspect of life. And so mm-hmm. I was like, why not name it Breathe Baba? <laughs> Cuz yes. that's what he used to always say to me. And yeah. so and so, yeah, Sorry. that's yeah. that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great advice and it's extremely loving. You did such a great job of painting that picture for us. I got goosebumps listening to you and Aww. I can totally understand the name now. Like, I totally get it. I yeah. Know, does it I, make sense? I don't know if I yes. explained it um, in an easy way to understand, but yeah. It came through very clearly to me. And I love that. I also feel like I understand like what you're communicating to your clients. Like it's that combination of effective wellness tools i.e good advice coupled with love and soothing and comfort and support yes yeah yeah you do such a good job of articulating the things that i can't articulate so yeah that was 100 percent on the dot yes <laughs> I, I i get a lot of training on my listening skills in this work that i love to do linda amazing <laughs> And just for the record, I think you're doing a beautiful job of explaining it. So Thanks. <laughs> please, yes. Um, okay. And so I'm going to ask you to explain something else because I will make another confession. I yeah. know you are an A. Are you? I can't even pronounce it properly. Ayurveda. Are, say that. Say it again, please. Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Okay. What is Ayurveda? Um. So Ayurveda is a very, very authentic and old um, system of like medicinal system kind of um, it's Ayurveda means the science of life or the, the knowledge. People say different things, but the, the science of life, the, the knowledge of life, the knowledge of 
Um, so like basically you can only imagine if it's saying the science of life, then it encompasses everything. It's a very, mm. very fast, vast knowledge. It comes from the Eastern um, part of the world. So um, uh, it's about 3000. I think some books say 3000, some say 5000 um, year old science. And so there is, it's all about life and how, and some, and suggestions of how to live life and what you can do to better um, equip yourself to living day to day. Basically mm. with Ayurveda, what it states is that the, the way to the definition of health kind of, and this is my interpretation of, of what I take from all of this. Um, the, the, the definition of health in Ayurveda is more so as if you were to look at it this way. We, when we were born, we're all born with a certain constitution. That's what Ayurveda says. So Ayurveda says that, that we're all born with a certain constitution. There is three body, soul, and bo- um, mind types, which is um, kapha, pitta, and vata. And there's these three types. And everybody's made up of these three types. Some people are made up, or everybody's made up of one more than the other, or a combination of two. But everybody has these three energies in their body and so when we're born we're born with a certain constitution and as we go through life um things change for us and the reason why they change is because we you know have experiences we work at different places we have heartaches we have traumas we have all of these different things that happen to us as human beings and when we were born in that certain constitution or that those certain body types, we then transform into a different constitution. And so what Ayurveda does and what it tries to do and what I try to do as a counselor is I try to see where you were at, at your purest state and try to see where you've kind of come to. And that's not to say that, um, you know, where you've come to now at, at your older age, age is, is bad or not good. It's just, that's what you've kind of transformed into. And it's, it's me pinpointing where, if, if, if what you've turned into is at an um, ag- agitated or um, aggravated state. Mm-hmm. And it's for me to kind of bring you back to that more, most purest state of who you are, or if I can't do that, because sometimes it is difficult. Um, if I can't do that, it's just to keep you in a balanced state of what you are today. If that mm. makes sense. Oh my gosh. It makes total sense. Yeah. You explained it beautifully. And it's fascinating. It's so- very fascinating. It's such yeah. a vast knowledge. Like it's such, a, you know, I'm going to be a um, lifetime learner of Ayurveda. I um, studied for two and a half years here at, um, at this, at the school of Keish here with Dr. Ismet. And it was lovely. And I still keep learning to these, this day, I learn with different doctors and, um, Ayurvedic, uh, sorry, they're not called, um, doctors here. They're called Vedias. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's very, it's a beautiful science. And so, and so how does it, what does it look like in practice? So as an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, what are the types of services that you're providing to people? Uh, so there's, there's a few services. So I do Ayurvedic and wellness, uh, health and wellness, um, consultations. I am not a practitioner, but I am a counselor. And so, um, 
with my everybody's kind of practice is a little bit different. And what I hold strong to is lifestyle habits. That's kind of what I hold strong to and what what I think I am um, um, more gifted at in, mm. in supporting people with. And so I think that no amount of, um, you know, uh, pills or even whether they're, you know, allopathic Western pills or if it's um, alternative herbal pills, I just don't, for me and my practice, that's not my route of how I go about things. I don't really suggest those right away um, or at all, to be honest. I try to kind of get to the root of things in regards to your lifestyle and your lifestyle habits because um, at the end of the day, whether it's a chemical pill or it's an herbal pill, um, at the end of the day, you're not really curing anything if you're not really getting that person to change their lifestyle so that they don't need any pill. Right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, so, yeah. so, um, a portion of the consultations is about, um, recommendations for your lifestyle, you know, little tweaks here and there, what times you're doing things at and how can we change that? Are you waking up at a certain time? Are you not having enough sleep? How are your bowels? Like, then we get into like the really physical things. Like, how are your bowels? Um, how are your relationships? How is, you know, we get into a lot of deep questions. And then with with Ayurveda, there's a huge component of the mental um, aspect of all of this. And with physical ailments, um, there's always an element of emotional and um, emotional uh, manifestations of things. So, although somebody may come in to see me for acne um this acne is just the physical manifestation of something way deeper and way more emotional and it's just manifesting itself in a physical way Mm -hmm. but it may not have anything to do with the actual deep-rooted emotional stuff that's happening internally um that that I try to kind of pinpoint with with my clients coming in and you know it's it's just a, a real journey. So it's a lot of question and answer in in my consultations as an Ayurvedic um, counselor. Um, So that's kind of that's kind of and then sometimes I do recommend herbal recommendations, um, you know, but things that you can do around that around the house in your refrigerator, like how you're eating your nutrition and, and all of that stuff. Um, Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, deep seated emotions manifesting in different like physical ailments or, mm-hmm. or ways like acne, for example, I know one of the things you offer, it piqued my interest is it, you call it a, it's emotion code, I believe. Could you yeah. tell us more about that? I'm totally fascinated by this. Yeah. So the, I have emotion code, I have a heart releasing session, and then I have also the body code sessions. All of these sessions are kind of all in and in and of themselves. Like they're almost all the same. They're just targeting different things. Mm. Um, the procedures of how to do these sessions are kind of all the same thing as well. Um, now, what these specifically do is that is they get to the deeper layers of of emotions. And as humans, we we lock things in our subconscious mind a lot. And the the real releasing happens when I see people releasing things from their subconscious mind. I think it's a lot easier to release things in the conscious mind, but to release things from the subconscious mind takes you on a whole other level and it brings you to a whole other level of awareness and closeness to who you are and 
it just gives you so much more clarity. And so what that session does is that it helps me tap in to the person's um, subconscious mind. Um, now, with that being said, with an Ayurvedic consultation, if somebody comes in, they sit in front of me, half the time, um, you know, we're doing question and answer, and we're doing a lot of it verbally. And you're when you're speaking verbally, sometimes you're you're really speaking from that conscious mind, you know, exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying, you know, you're going to think about what you're going to say before you answer me. And so sometimes, and it's, again, it's very innocent. It's not something that people intend to do. Sometimes people, you know, that people are not telling the complete truth. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, again, like I said, it's completely innocent. Half the time people lie to themselves every day, let alone me trying to get the real answers for them to not lie to me. You know what I mean? Um, And so with Ayurveda consultation, I can only get so far sometimes. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, I can see what the body's saying. So even if somebody's saying something, I can see that the body's telling me something else, right? Like you can sense the incongruence. Yeah, or or right. like yeah. physically, you know, like we do tongue analysis, um, fingernail um, analysis. So like the body doesn't lie, right? <laughs> so no matter yeah. how many times you say that you're that some if somebody's saying to me that oh I'm I'm not really having milk but yet they may be having milk but unconsciously they think that the amount is not that much but really it is because that they're just so um so used to doing their habits that they don't even realize that it's an actual issue to their body or their body is not is rejecting it right mm-hmm. and so with this emotional work it allows me to tap into somebody's body um, without the verbal, physical um, conversation. This is where I lose people with (laughs) things um, because it's really me asking your body questions and waiting for your body to answer me back. Mm. Um, This gets into so much more detail, but um, that's, that's how I, that's how we get into the subconscious mind because the body remembers everything. And, you know, a, a great example of that. And I don't know if you follow, there's a, there's a guru, his name is Sadhguru. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He yes, always, yeah. Yeah. And so um, he always says, he's like the greatest example of how the, the body has 10 times more memory than the mind does is that if you look at your nose, your nose looks like your grandfather's nose. And that's, you know, you know how you have like mm-hmm. similarities of yeah. ancestors past or your grandparents, or your parents, that just shows you how much memory the body ha- holds and does. Right. And because we go through traumatic situations in life, sometimes consciously to protect us, our conscious mind and our subconscious mind protects us from these traumatic situations. And so it holds it, holds it in so that you can kind of go on with life. But sometimes you have to unravel the subconscious for you to do the real deep healing. Otherwise things always surface. And so, yeah, the patterns, the rhythms. Yeah. Yeah. And the habits and all of that. So the, this emotional code release stuff that I do is all about this. It's specifically about this. So people tell me what they're struggling with or like a hardship they're, that they're trying to deal with or something that maybe it doesn't have to be going down that end. Maybe it can be like a desire that they want that they can't seem to find themselves to get um, everything they try their hardest, but yet they're still not getting what they really want in life. And so it's all about unraveling these 
layers upon layers upon layers of things um, that you're kind of that you have within the body that need to kind of be released for for you to get closer to yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm like mesmerized. I'm just <laughs> trying to process everything that you just said, Linda. Well, and it, it I, I was it reminds me of something. I think you did it in a post. Um, you say, if you don't make time for wellness, you will be forced to make time for illness. Yeah. And <laughs> I find that that was so powerful for me. And I think, oh, and I just think about that in the context of the work you're doing, the emotion code and the other body work you're doing. It's mm-hmm. like so needed right now too, I would say like in this particular moment of time with COVID and the pandemic and all that's happening, like energetically mm-hmm. on the planet, mm-hmm. um, our ability to really like do that tuning in process and, and what I call like a surfacing, like, like allowing old energy, you could call it trauma. There's different things, but mm-hmm. I think of it as like old energy that needs to come up and be released in order for new energy to come in and mm-hmm. our vibration to increase. And you're like um, a facilitator of that process. If I could put it in just really simple terms, that's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of, first off, sorry, that, that was a good, really beautiful way of saying that instead of saying trauma, that is just old energy that's not needed or doesn't serve your body anymore. Like that, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful way of saying it. So um, thanks for saying that. Cause I'm going to start using that now. <laughs> Um, go for it girl (laughs) I think we've we've all have come so far away from our inner flame that inner us that we don't even know what we're like we don't know we don't know we're not we're not we're so disconnected from ourselves and nature that um this kind of work just sets you back to that inner you and that inner nature and I think that's the biggest thing that I can say because people are just like, so what do you do? Like, what is this? Like, if you can just explain it. And all I can explain is that um, the only way I can explain it is to say that I just try to support people to get them closer to their inner flame. Because I truly believe that the closer you are to this inner flame, the the more beautiful things that happen to you and to the to the world around you um the more you get closer to this um this inner flame that everybody has that is beautiful what a beautiful and i think that's a perfect note to end on linda thank you (laughs) so much i have so enjoyed this conversation it's absolutely fascinated me and uh I'm excited for what you are putting out there into the universe and all that you are creating. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. And thanks for your little nuggets of, um, you know, (laughs) truth and all the things that you said too. You know, you said a few things that will make me, um, that have made me think as well. So thank you. You're so welcome. The word that keeps coming to my mind to summarize this episode is beautiful. I just felt this was a beautiful conversation with a beautiful person. Linda Suleiman explains and shares her story um, so eloquently and so beautifully and uh, 
just genuinely. Uh, I really appreciate her uh, candor and her honesty. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And when I reflect on what Linda is providing to the world, the services she's providing to facilitate a reconnection to self, I mean, how critical is this kind of a service, particularly in this time? So way to go, Linda. Thank you so much for coming on She Inspired. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, I invite you to subscribe. I appreciate it. It helps me get the word out and share this podcast with as many women as possible. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this. And I'll be back in a few days with another episode of She Inspired.